welcome back to another edition of the Final Siren podcast as we count down towards the 2020 AFL Women's Draft. I'm the host, Taylor Malky, and today we're chatting about all things NAB League girls in the second part of our two-part series. Before we get stuck into it, I'll welcome Draft Central Chief Editor Peter Williams to the Peter to the podcast. How's it going, Peter? Yeah, good. It's good to be here at the Peter. Um, no, but thanks, Taylor. Good to be here. Looking forward to it. Um, better get stuck into a, a good episode here. Well, if you listened to last week, we spoke to Bendigo Pioneers co-captain Brooke Hards about the Vic Country prospects ahead of the AFL Women's Draft. And today we're joined by Northern Knights co-captain Jess Fitzgerald. Jess, thanks for joining us. Nah, thanks for having me. It's good to be back here. A <laughs> long time no see almost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what we'll be doing today with Jess's help is dissecting the Vic Metro players and giving the listeners a bit of an insight into some of the players who have put their hand up for selection at this year's draft. Before we do that, though, we'll hear from Jess herself about her own pathway and journey into footy. So Sorry. take us through that. Jess, how did you start? Um, well, I started uh, obviously at Auskick, did that for, for a few years and then um, started playing at Bundura Park Thunderbolts with the boys for, for a few seasons, under nines, tens and elevens. And then we won a premiership. So I so I hung up the boots and um, yeah, just focused on basketball for a bit, but then um, was asked by some friends to, to join at St. Mary's. So then in under 14s, I think it was, I started started up again and yeah, I haven't stopped since. I know that St. Mary's is known as a bit of a footy factory out this way. What was it like playing with them? Yeah, no, it was good fun. Um, you know, I went back this year, obviously the NAB League um, wasn't looking like it was going to go ahead. So we just, we got told to, you know, go back to your local clubs and, and train with them because it looks like the, the local teams were going to play. And yeah, I started to get really excited for that. But um, unfortunately that got cancelled the, the week of the game. So that was disappointing, but no, it's great down there. Uh, heaps of friends down there as well. And now, obviously, it's been a while since um, the Knights had a loss, um, even longer now that it's extended to this point. Um, so you're basically going on two and a bit years now with this stuff. Um, obviously, since the, the original grand final and then winning the grand final last year, what was that like sort of going through undefeated and then starting the season as well in the same fashion? You know, it's always good fun when you win. Um, but then it was obviously pretty tough for us that first year, losing losing the grand final then. Um, just not not really experiencing um, any losses throughout the season. But um, I think that just that just made us stronger and fueled us for the next season. And we came out um, pretty strong and obviously took it out uh, last year. But then the start of this year, obviously we only played three games, but... Um, you could tell that we we're off to another great start, which was really exciting. I suppose. How do you keep that that winning mentality going? How do you keep that fire burning? Um, I mean, you just gotta you gotta not let it go to your head. Which I feel like um, at the nights we have a great great group of girls, and um, you know, none of us are really like that. We're all just kind of working on our own games and working as a team. And um, I think you just gotta find find different ways to. Um, to kind of get you through that. And I know for me personally, you just, obviously you can't kind of, you know, you don't fix what's not broken. So our team's going pretty well. So we don't really have to change anything up there. But individually, I think um, each of the girls kind of work on their own games and find 
find different things that they can fix um, within themselves to bring to the game. And then if you if you talk about obviously that grand final winning a winning that game, um, what was that like for you? Obviously, because you know ended up winning best on ground and, and whatnot as a um, a year younger than most of the players. What what was the experience like you uh, for you on game day and then actually in the match? Oh, it was so exciting. I mean, I don't really uh, get nervous for for games until you know the ball's getting thrown up. Um, so there's for me, it's not really. Um, any nerves, but just more excitement. So going to that game and playing on Icon was an absolute great experience. And I know it was for a lot of the other girls as well. Um, But, you know, in terms of the best on ground, I definitely wasn't going into it thinking, you know, that's my main goal. I was, I was just going in thinking I want to play my role for the team. And, um, you know, we came up on top and that was, that was all that really mattered to me. And the Northern Knights have seen quite a few players move on to and kind of play in that AFLW level. What's it like seeing so many of your teammates now out there? Well, I mean, not at the moment because of the season, but what's it like being seeing them out there? Yeah, it's really exciting. Obviously, I'm friends with a bunch of them and not just from the Knights as well, but just through Vic Metro experiences and stuff like that. There's a bunch from other teams that I've seen go on. And I think it just kind of... Um, shows you that, you know, you can get to that level and it, it is possible. And obviously having people like Gabby in, in my corner um, to chat to about about the whole experience is, is pretty good. And, um, yeah, it just gives you a great insight into into what it's about. And you sort of mentioned chatting to, to people like Gabby. Um, do, does that – do they give you a bit of help around this time, obviously? Like this time – this year is a lot different to any others given you haven't really played much footy – but do they give you an idea about the build-up to the draft and things like that and what to expect and, and everything like that? I mean, yeah, I have chatted to a few of them just in regards to, to the whole kind of process, but I haven't really got too consumed in all um, just because I kind of, I'm kind of a pretty laid-back kind of girl, so I just kind of take things as they come and just go with the flow. Um, but I kind of just uh, observe others and... Um, Gabby's been a big one for me and I've just seen obviously she went number one pick as the highest you could go um and just seeing that she she hasn't changed as a person at all and you know she's just stayed humble and things like that that's what I take on board and um yeah it's good to learn learn things like that from her and now kind of moving towards that life of balancing footy and school it must be really difficult yeah, definitely. Well, with the remote learning, I've, I've actually really enjoyed it. Um, you know, you kind of get your lesson plan for the day and depending on, on what kind of calls you have with your, with your classes, you can, I've managed to be able to get um, all my work done pretty early on in the day and then just kick back for the rest of the day. And that's when I, when I kind of go out for a run or I even run before school and um, yeah, get all my training done and go to the Oval um, yeah, during the day. And I guess from that sort of training perspective, obviously this year is very different to any other year. What was it like, uh, I guess, firstly, from the pre-season to playing games, but then having to stop? Um, what, how much work did you put into the pre-season? And then, like, was it any different to past pre-seasons at all? Or? Um, no, I don't think it was any different. Um, obviously, there was just a, a new group coming in. You know, we got... We got rid of a, a lot of top age girls who went on to play um, AFLW. So it was just different in terms of 
um, the people, but still the standards were high and um, yeah, it was quite tough as usual. But um, other than that, no, it was pretty similar. And I suppose, what did you do once the it was announced that the season was now going to be postponed? How did you kind of react to that news? I'm not going to lie, I was, I did get a little bit emotional. Um, you know, I wasn't expecting it to, um, obviously it was in my mind that it could have got cancelled, but I just kind of was hoping for the best, I guess. And then to finally receive that email saying, look, it's not going to be happening. I was, I was quite shattered, um, purely just based on my love for, for nights and, and footy in general. But um, yeah, I, w- I was pretty shattered, to be honest. And what have you sort of been doing since, like, to, to keep up with everything and, and I guess since it got um, postponed and then called off? What kind of work do you do, um, yeah, since since that time? Yeah, well, I, I do like a structured week. Um, I feel like I've just kind of had to make up my own kind of training schedule um, to replace, you know, what I would have been doing at the night. So um, just a few running sessions a week and then, you know, go into the Oval um, a couple of times as well and then I've managed to to snatch some of the the school gym equipment so I've just been doing a few strength sessions as well which has been quite handy so um, yeah I just like to stick to a schedule and just make sure I'm getting it all in. It must be really hard though to keep that dedication and um, keep it going because clearly the structure of everything is very out of kilter this this time around there's no real easy way to do it. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely hard to stay motivated, especially, you know, just doing it solo. Um, it's so much easier when you've got a whole team behind you and you're all, you're constantly lifting each other up. But um, no, I've got a pretty active family, so it's it's quite handy. Um, I've been going for a few kicks with Nat Grindle, the, the manager at the Knights, which is, um, yeah, really fun as well. She's in my 5Ks, which is pretty good. So um, yeah, we've been getting out a few times. And from your own perspective, I guess, for, for people who haven't seen you play, what do you sort of see as your strengths on the field? Um, I feel like my competitiveness is is my top strength. I just, I, I don't want to be beaten. So I feel like um, that kind of, you know, gives me, gives me sort of a, an edge on others. Um, but also my versatility. I feel like I've just always been the, the kid that's been thrown anywhere on the field. Um, I predominantly played midfield, but um, I've never been just the rotating forward or rotating back. It's just wherever, you know, I just get whacked wherever. So um, yeah, I feel like those, those two things. And then I suppose on the flip side, were there any areas that you're hoping to really improve on? I just feel like my confidence um, needs to, needs to lift a little bit. Um, you know, with, with goal kicking as well, um, you know, set shots, just my confidence, just to, you know, just realise it's another kick. It's not, um, you know, I don't have to overthink it too much. And same goes with decision-making. Sometimes, you know, second-guess myself and then I'm that one second too late. But, um, yeah, so just working on my confidence and back myself. And then just sort of finally, what are the sort of goals for you, um, obviously, there's probably a big one in the uh, near future. But what goals do you sort of set for yourself that I guess are in your control? Um, I feel like just just staying, staying motivated and staying, um, you know, determined to 
to do whatever, whether that's finishing school this year. Um, obviously, there's not, not long left. So just um, powering my way through that. And obviously, the big one is the draft. But before that's the combine. So just getting my body right and fitness right to, just to attack that as hard as I can. And then, yeah, hopefully it all, all works out with um, with school and, you know, possibly getting into a uni course and then the draft as well. Do you have anything in mind when it comes to uni? Um, I've looked into occupational therapy. That's just something that's interested me. And um, psychology I find quite interesting as well. So, you know, something something in those two fields would be pretty cool. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, we've heard plenty uh, about Jess now. So now we're going to use Jess's experience with some of the players, both obviously her teammates and uh, at Vic Metro to sort of run through. And um, I think most people who have any sort of understanding of um, the under 18 women's footy in Victoria probably heard of the first one. Um, tell us a bit about Ali McKenzie and um, what makes her so good. Oh, I mean, she's got it all, doesn't she? She's, she's a bit of a beast. Um, no, nah, but just, you know, obviously I'm really good friends with her and she's so dedicated to the game and um, just puts everything into it, which, which I admire a lot. Um, and I think everyone can, can see from what she does on the field that she's a highly skillful player and, um, you know, but that, that comes with the, the work that she puts in. She's, she's hardworking and... Um, yeah, that just comes with that, I guess. And I suppose moving down the field to another teammate, you've got Alyssa Bannon, another strong prospect. What do you think of her? Yeah, absolutely. Same as Liz. Liz is one of the hardest workers I know. And I swear I've never actually seen her upset or anything. She's always, she's just so high spirited. It's, it's incredible. Um, but she gets the girls going and she, she puts in everything she can as well. Um, Obviously, she snagged a few um, a few goals this year and other years past. But, um, yeah, she's just incredible. Just a high work ethic. And the, the, the final one from the Knights in the AFL Women's Academy, one that I feel like always flies under the radar, probably because, obviously, you won best on ground. Ali's always talked about. And Alyssa, as you mentioned, is always kicking goals. Um, Maeve Chaplin, she's sort of also in that group. Um, what's what's her point of difference there? Because obviously, yeah, she's such a great player, but she sort of doesn't have the same attention per se, I guess, as, as some of the others, but she's still in that group. Yeah, I, I do get a little bit mad at how underrated Maeve is. Um, I'm always there hyping her up. She, she, um, she can have a little bit of um, disbelief in herself, but I'm always there telling her, you are an absolute beast, Maeve. Um, because she just she has it all i mean she's she's an absolute character off the field but she just knows when to switch it on um which i love about her and obviously she's pretty pretty steady down back which is which is good but this year she she started um having a run through the midfield and she's just her speed and agility is incredible and um yeah i, I hope she hope she goes well in the draft this year cuz she definitely deserves it so she should do now, well at the testing. Sorry, what did you say? Yeah, I should do pretty well at the testing. Was... Yeah, she should. Yeah, Her, she's quite quick and agile. So yeah. Um. Now moving on to the Sandringham Dragons, you got Alice Burke. What do you think of her her game style? Well, she's a tackling machine. I, I know every time I've come up against her, she's 
she's always hot on my tail and I'm just quick to get it off because I know she's going to catch me. So, um, yeah, I love the way Alice goes about it as well. Obviously, I've played with her um, through Vic Metro and she's one of the one of the nicest chicks I've ever met. So, um, yeah, credit to her and she's an absolute beast. Certainly. And, like, obviously, St Kilda don't have a lot of uh, father-sons that have come through, so they'll certainly be happy that... Um, there's a father-daughter uh, potential there, which is great. And she's obviously been training with them. Um, and if you move to, I guess, the other Sandringham, we'll start like in defence. So Sarah Hartwig's the other one that obviously spent time as well at Vic Metro last year. Yeah, I feel like Sarah's quite underrated as well. Um, every time we've come up against her, um, I mean, Sandy's quite, they've got quite a, quite a lineup, but um, I'm just always amazed. You, you kick it, you try and, try and get into your forward line and she's just there. And then, you know, somehow she's at the other end of the field and then she's always in the way, which is quite quite annoying. But um, she plays her role extremely well. And, yeah, I feel like she's a, definitely an underrated player. Probably, would you say she's the best interceptor in the competition? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely one of the best, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely one of the uh, key position types there um the other Sandringham is uh Bella Eddy um obviously she's sort of more up the other end of the field through midfield forward what what about uh what does she do so well I feel like Bella's just got a poise when she has the ball and she's able to run and carry which is really good um but yeah I I find I keep saying it but the Sandy lineup is just incredible but um yeah they don't they don't really have many ways to get around them so <laughs> Uh, when I come up against her, um, you know, she's always one. You've got to keep your eye on. You never know when she's around the ball, she's she's dangerous. So, a lot, yeah, I love playing against her. And then there's Collingwood uh, father-daughter prospect from the Eastern Rangers in Tani Brown. What do you think of her? Yeah, well, I've played against Tani a fair bit um, in basketball, actually, and she was always you know, known for her, her speed and agility, um, and she's she's brought into the, the game of footy and obviously she's, she's pretty good um, as we, as we know, but yeah, she's definitely, when she gets the ball and she's, um, she's running, she, you don't want to chase her. You just kind of go, yeah, no hope here. <laughs> let's just, let's just uh, let her have it. Fair enough. And the, uh, the other Eastern Rangers uh, player in there is obviously sort of like the, I like to sort of think the yin to the yang there with the uh, Tani Brown, with Olivia Ma, who's more of that tackling pressure type player. What, what have you sort of come across with her in the game? Yeah, well, I didn't know Liv until this year through the academy. And I have to say, I was actually scared of her. I was petrified. Every time we came up against her, I was I was looking around saying, oh yeah, Maka, do you want to take Liv? Because I just knew that I'd, I'd get beaten up. Um, but she's one of the nicest girls ever. So um, she's she's quite different off field to what she is on field. She's an absolute bully, but it's nothing to be ashamed of. She's she's just an absolute freak, and she's so strong in her body, and she has the ability to run out the game as well. Moving on to the Oakley Chargers now, we kind of look at Mimi Hill. She's another exciting player, isn't she? Oh, absolutely. Um, I remember not last year, I think it was the year before um, I came up against Mimi and we were kind of on each other the whole game. And <laughs> um, I just, I was stuffed. She, she's a running machine. She kept running the whole game and I was kind of thinking, all right, can someone else take her? Cause I can't keep up. 
Um, so yeah, she definitely has that that ability to run, and when she gets the ball, she's she's dangerous as well, like um, Bella Eddie. So yeah. Definitely, and she was um, obviously captain at uh, her middle age years, so she's now been captain a couple of years at Oakley. Um, and and much like the Knights, they started uh, pretty strong form, winning their two games very, very easily. So they were on track for a pretty good year. Um, the other Oakley charges was Joanna Lynn, who obviously also had a good start, um, won plenty of the ball uh, and was pretty impressive in their win over Tassie. Uh, but the other one we wanted to raise with Jess uh, to round out the AFL Academy players is Isabel Pritchard, obviously at the Jets. Um, similar to, I guess, Sarah Hartwig can play in defence, but she spent a fair bit of time in midfield this year. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, When I played with Pritch, she predominantly played down back, but it was good to see her uh, have a run through the midfield. Uh, you know, you look at her disposals and she, she was a ball magnet. So it was good to see her be able to um, get her hands on the footy and just have that impact for her team. I suppose now we'll move on to a couple of the top ages. One you'd probably know quite well, given she's with the Knights, Ash Snow. Same as May, Snowy is so underrated. Um, she's she's one of the most hardworking um, players on the field I've I've ever seen. She's she somehow just gets to every contest, and she's always in the bottom of the packs, which which I love. And she's been quite good down back for us, but this year she's had a run through the midfield as well, um, like some of the other girls, which which has just benef- benefited her um, enormously. And yeah, she's she's had an ama- amazing impact this year. And in terms of like the Sandringham Dragons, um, you know, they've got quite a few. Uh, like obviously we've spoken about sort of uh, a couple of their key defenders. We've got Abby Maloney, who's a tall forward, um, and Daisy Water, uh, Walker as well, who's uh, runs through the midfield there. They've been quite impressive, particularly Maloney who's kicked a lot of goals. Um, a, a couple of players who you've obviously played alongside at, at different points. Um, we'll start with Eliza McNamara, who's sort of that, uh, again, we've sort of spoken about tackling players, but she's um, right in that mix too. Oh, absolutely. She's another one like Mimi when you come up against her and you're kind of just looking like, all right, I need a hand here. She's, she just runs me off my feet. Um, and that's the same with, I think, her teammate, uh, Winnie. Um, the two of them are just machines and they'll always have an impact when they have the ball. So you've just kind of, you've got to be wary where they are around the contests. And um, yeah, but I love, I love the challenge when we play against them. Well, you must have read our mind because oh, I was just going to touch on Winnie Lang talking about her, but you've already spoken briefly about her. So we'll talk about Mietta Kendall from the Eastern Rangers. What do you rate about her game style? Yeah, well, she's, she reminds me a little bit of um, Liv Ma in the sense that they're just, they're just built strong and, they're so physical um, around the ball, and you know, whenever whenever you need the ball, and she's near the ball as well, it's you kind of you get a little bit scared, and um, she just kind of bulldozes you over. So she's quite a strong player, and yeah, she she's a great backman. So yeah, just rounding out the last few top ages there. Obviously, there's a couple from Oakley Chargers. Alice uh, O'Loughlin who kicked three goals in a, in a game this year. She was on the list back in 2018, and played as a forward um, and was able to kick a couple of goals, obviously, as I mentioned, against Tasmania. Um, Amber Michaelis, the other one who's more of that inside midfielder, um, can play outside if need be, but um, another Oakley Chargers, obviously. And then one who's come on this year, who's another basketballer in Amelia Bellato, uh, tall utility, um, spent time in the ruck, even though she's not um, overly tall. She's a tall midfielder, but spent time in the ruck because of her vertical leap. Um, and yeah, certainly won a lot of the ball and, impressed enough in the you know couple of games she played this year to really stand out so um 
I mean, they're mostly the top ages that we've gone through. And then if we look at the over ages, um, there's obviously one there that um, you know pretty well from Metro last year, Jess, in Alana Barber. Yeah, I was definitely disappointed to um, to see her not get picked up last year. Um, I reckon she's an incredible player and incredible um, person, um, more importantly. But um, I think she has one of the most elite kicks I've ever seen. I remember training with her um, for Metro and every every kick hit the target. So, um, yeah, uh, hopefully she gets picked up this year. And then I suppose, Pete, you probably know them, might be able to shed some light on Calder Cannons and Northern Territory product Frida. I'm not going to even attempt to say her last name because I do not want to butcher it. So, Pete, maybe talk to us a little bit yeah. about Frida's game style. So, Frida's um, obviously a, a real great talent. Um, kicked quite a few goals for Calder this year. Um, and, you know, uh, able to stand up. Obviously came down as an overage uh, product playing from the NTFL. So, um, showed some quite uh, impressive signs. And then, obviously, the other one who got invite was... Um, uh, Georgia Nanskowin, who uh, or Nance Carwin, who went from got delisted from North Melbourne uh, after a year, so she's actually already had the AFL experience. Was listed to play S in the VFL again, but obviously didn't get through the season. So there's a few um, overages or mature ages in that group. Um, obviously, it's a bit hard for for a lot of players this year because yeah, there's been no footy. So um, obviously, for for players that were in the academy and and those who are able to get on the park earlier in the year, it's um it's been a benefit for them, but. I think that pretty much that's, um, well, that's the group that's got the invite. So they're the group that you've sort of got to look at. Um, but certainly I think when it comes to looking at some top prospects, I think um, what we want to sort of ask Jess now, and we suggest you'll probably be um, biased, but that's okay because she should be realistically, um, because I'm not going to be too shocked at who you probably thinks uh, the top player in the draft, Jess. Yeah, you can't look past Macca, Lynn McKenzie. I mean, she's a beast. But there's a there's a bunch of talent this year, and it's just it's it's just freakishly um, talented this draft pool. So you know anyone could go anywhere. So I'm just really looking forward to see where people end up. I suppose from a from a different perspective, looking at some of the country prospects, who do you rate as really high contenders? Um. Tiana Smith from Danny Nong. She is freakishly good as well. Um, yeah, every time we played her, it's it's always um, someone tagging her. So she's she's a dangerous player, and yeah, she she's going to have a, a massive impact in in the AFLW because I, I know she get there. Yeah, definitely. I think those two are the probably the, the two to to watch out for. I'd say by all, all accounts, but it's pretty even across those who. Um, Played it. The other ones from country mentioned last year, obviously, Liv Barber, Maggie Karras and Darcy Maloney are probably three to keep an eye on. And as we've sort of alluded um, to today, you've got a whole bunch of knights in there, um, including yourself, Jess, and, and obviously then Tani Brown, um, Isabel Pritchard, Sarah Hartwig um, and whatnot. Um, so that's, there's a fair few. There's a lot of tools in that group um, this year, isn't there? There's a fair few key position players floating around. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, just because they're tall, that they can still run and you know, it doesn't just like limit them to, to the one role. So that's why I think it's pretty special about this year. Definitely. And and as you sort of mentioned, the interesting thing that now I sort of just look at the sort of list is there's a lot of um, dual sport athletes. Obviously, you mentioned yourself playing some basketball, Tani Brown playing basketball. You've got um, Maggie Karras played netball, Liv Barber played um, basketball and whatnot. So uh, a lot of girls are now returning to footy, aren't they, from, from because now there is that pathway. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I was younger, it was um, it was footy and basketball, and then it was just basketball because you know realistically there was no no real pathway for us. Um, I used to think I was going to be the first um, girl to play AFL, but you know obviously that wasn't realistic. <laughs> um, but then when the when the AFLW pathway came came along, um, I feel like that just kind of cemented it, cemented it into um, you know all of our minds that it is possible. So yeah, it's exciting. Well, that's about all on the final Siren podcast today. Thanks to Chief Editor Peter Williams for joining us. No worries. Good to be back. And thanks to Northern Knights co-captain Jess Fitzgerald for joining us. And best of luck in the upcoming AFL Women's Draft, which is literally just around the corner now. I know. It's exciting. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Heath, for having me. Anytime. And for the most comprehensive coverage of the AFL women's draft prospects, head to afl.draftcentral.com.au or our social media pages at Draft Central, which is Draft Central AUS on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. So next week, we will take a look at the eastern seaboard of Queensland, New South Wales, ACT and Tasmania as part of our AFLW draft series. Thanks for joining us and we hope you'll tune in next week.